Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the studio music shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your music very To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram. Or the studio. Welcome to Between Two Barrels, on YouTube, twice weekly podcast recorded distillery. Studio you can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee, as well as Queen of Country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman from our head distiller. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome and recipes as well food, as merchandise cocktails of the individual podcast join us as we don't forget to sign up for our to bring you stories of legends Heck, that involve the beautiful voice state of Tennessee via speakpipe country music or as well as rock and roll royalty cryptid distillery origins carbonated beverage beginnings however you go about everything it, in between make sure you don't this miss show out on truly getting highlight what makes a legend about the studio as well as the distillery from studio What's up, legends, and welcome back to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. The first episode of the new year. I am your host, Opie, and of course, joined by Tourist Town Belo Brown himself, our manager, Brian Lowe. What's up, B? I think you wound up making a step in the, the nickname category mm. with that one. Mm-hmm. Tourist Town Below Brown. Mm-hmm. That might actually be something I'd have to put it's on worth a, a jersey, a card, or something yeah. like that if I ever decided to open up a yeah. uh, uh, tour guide slash concierge God, really could. service for you, the area. You could. You absolutely could. Oddly enough, uh, I'm feeling okay now, but have definitely been dealing with a bunch of crap as mm-hmm. of late. And I think today that you could possibly even call me Frankenstein's monster with as many pokes and prods Mm. as I wound up getting throughout the day today. Uh, But I'm definitely no longer moving like Frankenstein. Um, Come to find out, I've got uh, lots of cartilage and and cushioning eroding away Mm. between several vertebrae. So curious as to what the future holds, but definitely excited regardless. And and the, uh, I don't want to say necessarily adrenaline, but the the good creative the juices, <laughs> yeah, are are helping keep the pain at bay yeah. as it stands now. Especially getting back in here, being able to get to recording some more episodes. But yeah, um, some fun stuff about this one, uh, this episode, uh, especially since yeah. it is a new year. But before we get into that, um, we have moved to full fledged winter hours. Mm-hmm. Here in the Sevier County locations, as well as our Cookville and Nashville locations. So mm-hmm. make sure that you check online, Google everything. The best way to figure out exactly what our store hours are at any given point in time, of course, is to follow us on social media. Uh, Tennessee Legend Distillery on any one of those. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Tennessee Legend Distillery. And also, uh, don't forget to follow us on Studio 66, which is, of course, the multimedia entertainment venue mm. um, for Tennessee Legend Distillery. So make sure that you check those out, uh, if nothing else, just to make sure that you know when we're going to be open so you can come in and enjoy some of our fantastic spirits. Right now we are still in Season 4, Peppermint Mocha. That is going to be going all the way through February. Uh, come March, we'll be releasing the Blueberries and Cream, which is a customer favorite of ours. Um, and that one will be running March through May. And then starting in June, we will be bringing back the Root Beer Float Dairy Liqueur. Uh, and, of course, after that, we go back into Pumpkin Spice, and the cycle just starts all over again at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we do, in this first quarter, anticipate several new releases, um, maybe going from the first quarter into the second quarter, but early in the year this year, 
we are anticipating several new releases with um, the company that we have partnered with, Anthem Spirits, and the Assassin's Creed line of products, um, and some other ones. So we're definitely excited about that. And also make sure you keep up to date with that, like I said, on the TLD social media pages. And you'll also figure out or get to see later on what our new flavor for this year is going to be because we do have a brand new flavor in the works we have not seen it anywhere no one else has done this one in any capacity that we know of so i think that we're going to have a true original Mm. flavored first time first time product here at tennessee legend distillery and like i said the best way to keep up with all that is to keep up with us on the social media platforms absolutely absolutely other than that uh, we are in what we call a little bit of the dead season here. So if you're in driving distance and you are listening to this, now is actually a good time to come up here. Especially if you want to go up into the mountains see and see some snow, snow in the mountains. Because there will not be as much traffic for the next month and a half. So now's the time to do it. Uh, also, now is the time to, to get in your your... Uh, orders. We we do have uh, one final little deal going on uh, today on our T Public store. They are running the last deal of 2023, and they extended it into these next couple days of 2024. So you can still get some $16 tees uh, at our T Public store. So check that out. Thank you to all who have been supporting. Uh, the T Public Store uh, and in your purchases, uh, there are new designs being worked on as we speak. A uh, few of them dropped last night, and on Saturday, the sixth, which last month we learned is Epiphany. Yes, all the Christmas designs will disappear from the store. So, as the tradition goes, you're supposed to take down your decorations around Epiphany. We too are going to be taking yes. away all of the holiday designs off of the T Public store. Absolutely, but it is a new year. We're very excited. And speaking of that new year, uh, we're going to spend uh, this episode kind of focusing on that new year and and what traditions it brings, what resolutions it brings, and and kind of where that started. Uh, especially for our country uh, individually. Uh, So, B, you did a little digging. Yes, too right you are, Opie. Um, As he said, we are going to be talking about different traditions surrounding the the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. One of the, if not the most popular one, of course, is the New Year's resolution. Speaking of, did you make any? Uh, (laughs) Um... What would I resolve to be a better person? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Uh, no. I got to the point in my adult life that I realized that resolutions, kind of like a lot of like weight loss goals, add to the pressure. And like... So... Because I would always break. Right. The only time... The only time I have ever successfully done a resolution was a few years ago, me and uh, my dear friend Josh, the Juice, uh, friend of the show, host of 30 and 30 podcast, um, we did pescatarian for a year. Fish. Yes. Fish only. No red meat, no white meat like chicken, pork, anything like that. He didn't last the whole year. Um I did. I did. Well, that's something that's pescatarian difficult. Pescatarian for a year. It's very difficult. S- some people can't do fish like that. It's just so difficult. Um, I, I did it, and what's odd is still to this day, I have to be in a serious mood for fish. Oh, yeah. I can't just be like, uh, hey, we're having fish tonight. I'll be like, mm. you are. Right. <laughs> I mean, I did it for a whole year. I I don't know how people who completely change their lifestyle. It truly is a, uh, no offense, an insanity, a complete warp of self to do that for more than a year. To completely change it. I know some people have to right. for health reasons, like celiacs and all that. Uh, but my heart goes out to you all because I did that for a year and I don't think I've made a resolution since. Because I was like, that's ins- that was just, it was hard. Um, financially, it was weird. 
it was if I was out with people hard sometimes if I was eating with my family I would bring my own stuff because I'm not going to make them right you know I also learned that like take your own stuff don't make don't, don't make, make your someone, entire yeah. group change meal plans because of you the one person right find a way to make it work for yourself um, what's the saying the needs of the many outweigh yeah. the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the few um, or the one or the one yeah and so ever since then I've not really done it used to when I was growing up I would do things like no Dr. Pepper or one Dr. Pepper a week or no chocolate or I'm gonna lose weight I'm finally gonna fit into that large t-shirt um, it just never never came to fruition I have very little willpower um, my, now the one thing that I have stuck to, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I had a, a very terrifying, uh, getting a look behind the curtain here, a very terrifying night of, uh, near alcohol poisoning. Yeesh. So, uh, no food on the belly and drank almost a gallon of sangria to myself Woo. for a pool party. I don't remember. I don't remember much of that night. Um, all I know is that if I was alone at the pool, I probably would have died. Luckily, Madison was with me, and uh, we didn't know if I was going to the ER. I felt that hangover, not just that it was a gallon, but it was wine. Right. One of the worst hangovers for four days. Eef. Ever since then, I have... Like, my bachelor we- weekend was... I got to a tipsy point, and it's just weird, because I had not been tipsy since that night. Okay. I started to freak out and get anxious because I was mm. feeling tipsy. Right. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I text Madison from my bachelor weekend, and this is going to make me look so silly. But I said, I'm feeling tipsy, and I'm getting scared. <laughs> she was like, oh, good Lord. She's like, it's your bachelor. My brother was like, take your shirt off. Go walk outside. It's cold. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll, it, it's, you'll you're fine. You're fine. And I was like, I haven't felt this way in years, and I, right. I don't want to get to that point again. You know, and he's like, you're not. You're not alone. You're surrounded by people who take care of you. You're not even close to drunk. Right. But I was like, oh, God. Um, so, and, and plus, with, with my father being a, an alcoholic, uh, I kind of made some changes to my personal alcohol consumption. It's the only thing I've released. And... Um, uh, Dipping tobacco pouches and stuff like that, I have uh, quit uh, nicotine. So anything, any kind of like pouch that's in my mouth or something is a tobaccoless, nicotineless pouch because I do know that I have an oral uh, fixation thing. I'm always having to chew or crunch, right. or, which is why I always have ice or sunflower seeds or the green things that come in my Starbucks drink. I'll chew the <laughs> hell out of them um, because I always have to be chewing something. Um, but no, resolution-wise, I always do try to res- resolve to m- not make the same mistakes I did in the previous year. It, and that is one that is actually probably more beneficial than mm-hmm. trying to say I'm going to quit do this as yeah. far as the weight loss or, you know, quit smoking. I will or not eat 10 tacos at 11.30 at night right. this year like I did last year because well, I learned I can't do that anymore. Right. And speaking of the different health goals and stuff like that, after the doctor's appointment today, that's yep. definitely something that, of course, is fully back on my radar in this oh, capacity. That's always the first thing they tell you, man. Is, yeah, your weight, regardless of what it is, heart problems. Uh, um, uh, have you tried walking? Yeah, have you weight? tried losing Have some? you tried not being a jerk? Right. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I'm sorry. I love red meat. I know. You know I like what I my mean? Dr. It's Pepper and my steaks. Come on, man. But no, um, I similar. I've had some resolutions in the past that that went about as you know far as I could throw something. Um, just a situation to where you say, "All right, going through December. All right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Starting January. All right, I get to January. I'm like, all right, I'm going great. I'm going great. I make it a week, and then it's like, uh, really." Like, do I, I'm going to have to do this for another 51 weeks if I'm going to do this like this. And and I don't think it's necessarily like a lack of willpower or yeah. something like that. It's just like you're sitting there and you're faced with a decision. And it's like, 
but this tastes really good. Or but you jogging know, really hurts. Right. But no, um, I think I'm going to have to, of course, make some changes and no. stuff going forward. But am I going to resolve to do something like that specifically? No, because like you say, that adds just a, a pressure and anxiety. Because then if and you accidentally like have a Dr. Pepper, then you're like, mm, well, F, I failed. Right. Might I, as well just get back well on the Might as well continue going, yeah. yeah. Um, so to try to go to that extreme, like make them smaller goals. Like, okay, I'm going to start off with three days if i get to the three days let's bump it up by two days so we're gonna go five days all right i've made it that two extra days let's you know just see how it keeps going but if for whatever reason you do you know have a double cheeseburger one day you're like all right i i I went this many days without it let's see how many i can go this time before i wind up potentially doing it again instead of just saying cold turkey i'm done done you know, sometimes and, cold turkey is bad for your body. Yeah, and then as far as the aspect of the the added anxiety, I mean, that's just something that we're both well aware of that can have health implications mm. to it in and of itself. So, um, yeah, if you are planning on doing anything in terms of a New Year's resolution this year, and you feel like you've already failed in a sense uh, from a resolution that you set, don't just completely abandon it. Just set yourself more achievable achievable, and more realistic goals whenever it comes to these types of things. Absolutely. But to get into it, uh, after doing some digging, some diving, a New Year's resolution is a tradition, of course, most common in the Western world, but also found in the Eastern world in which a person resolves to continue good practices, change an undesired trait or behavior, accomplish a personal goal, or otherwise improve their behavior at the beginning of a calendar year. Pretty straightforward, simple, to the point. Now, as far as potential religious origins surrounding the New Year's resolution, uh, starting around 2000 BC, the Babylonians celebrated the New Year during a 12-day festival called Akitu, which starts with the vernal equinox. This is the start of the farming season to plant crops, crown their king, and make promises to return borrowed farm equipment and pay their debts. Okay. So basically, it was a net 365. (laughs) Yeah. The Babylonian New Year was adopted by the ancient Romans, as was the tradition of resolutions. The timing, however, eventually shifted with the Julian calendar in 46 BC, which declared January 1st as the start of the new year, and began each year by making promises to the god Janus, for whom the month of January is named. You've got God. Zeus, Hades, Apollo, Janus. Janus. I think of, yeah, man, Janus from the month. Janus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Totally, you know. Now, in the medieval era, the knights took the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas season each year to reaffirm their commitment to chivalry. Okay. At watch night services, many Christians, and the watch night service, um, as we learned in previous episodes, is just another form of like a a Christmas celebration Mm -hmm. or Christmas time celebration. Uh, many Christians prepare for the year ahead by praying and making these resolutions. In Methodist Christianity, the liturgy used for the watch night service for the new year is the covenant renewal service. In addition to being traditionally held on New Year's Eve, many churches offer the covenant renewal service on both New Year's Eve and on the morning of New Year's Day. Now, this tradition has many other religious parallels, During Judaism's New Year, Rosh Hashanah, through the High Holidays and culminating in Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, where one is to reflect upon one's wrongdoings over the year and both seek and offer forgiveness. People can act similarly during the Christian liturgical seasons of Lent, although the motive behind this holiday is more of sacrifice than of responsibility. The concept, regardless of creed, is to reflect upon self-improvement annually. And that's pretty much it as far as the the origins, as it mm. were, for the New Year's resolution tradition. Um, 
several different types of uh, media participation. Yep. You see uh, now more than anything scrolling through like TikTok or something like that. You've seen so many people that are saying, all right, we're on day four already or we're on day yep. whatever of this Jogging, new journey or walking. whatever this case may be. Um, but um, like at the end of the Great Depression, about a quarter of American adults formed New Year's resolutions. At the start of the 21st century, about 40% did. Uh, as a matter of fact, according to the American Medical Association, approximately 40 to 50 Americans participated in New Year's resolution tradition from the 1995 Epcot and 1985 Gallup polls. A study. I haven't heard of a Gallup poll in forever. Mm-hmm. That used to be something that you heard all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, a study found 46% of participants who made common New Year's resolutions, like weight loss, exercise programs, quitting smokings, were likely to succeed over 10 times as among those deciding to make life changes at other times during the year. So basically almost half of the people that decided to make some sort of resolution Mm -hmm. about their life for the betterment in whatever capacity stayed the course if they did that during New Year's as Mm -hmm. opposed to just saying on a random Wednesday, hey, I'm going to start making better changes mm-hmm. for my life. So well, I always heard from my mom whenever I would do things like that, whenever I'd want to lose weight and, and get in better shape, she would say, scientists have always said that if you do it for 28 days, it becomes a habit. I have, And I went, I've done that? I, I was going to say, I've I went past 28. heard that so many times. And I still hated it. And a it new did, habit. And I can still quit it easily. Yeah, it just... Like, I can quit running after day 72. Right, like it doesn't no, become I'm, habitual. For I'm, that. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it does not for me. What's the? But don't you feel so much better? No, no. What, what was the old saying? Um, must be running, or you're running. Something must be chasing. Something you. must be chasing. If I'm running, yeah, something is chasing me. Uh, one last thing before we get into several other uh, New Year's traditions um, to wrap up the 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 main one being, of course, the New Year's resolution. In a 2014 report, 35 of participants who failed their New Year's resolutions admitted that they had unrealistic goals. 33% of participants did not keep track of their progress, so they really couldn't see where any progress had been made. Like, there were some noticeable differences, but not in that much depth. And then 23% forgot about them. The remaining respondents claimed that they made too many resolutions as opposed to picking one sticking with it well i'm gonna quit smoking i'm gonna exercise i'm gonna eat better pick one do all these yeah things. pick one stick with it and then progressively add on from there and then just the fact that like we said um setting too high expectations for yourself mm-hmm. in these aspects and then you know the 23 percent that just flat out forgot about them it does, seems oh, like yeah, the, I was doing that thing. I was doing that thing. Um, and then a 2007 study by Richard Wiseman from the University of Bristol involving 3,000 people showed that 88% of those who set New Year's resolutions fail, despite the fact that 52% of the study's participants were confident of success at the beginning. Men achieved their goal 22% more often when they engaged in goal-setting wherein resolutions are made in terms of small and measurable goals, for example, losing a pound a week rather than just losing weight. So get more specific in certain areas, but make sure and, that it's still an, an attainable and a, a reasonable... You can lose a pound a week yeah. in the healthy way. Yes. Now, there are very unhealthy ways. I've, I have lost 40 pounds really quickly before. And that is not... And that is not... Not healthy in any capacity. Because the rebound is terrible. It comes back very quickly, and it's actually bad for your organs to lose it that quick. Yes, because Um, you're, uh, um, what is the word? I can't think of it. Um, Basically, your skin and everything just basically, like, clings to everything inside. And it's it's painful because your body's used to having that extra cushioning and stuff like that. But you feel like crap. Uh, um, One of our former employees... Yes. Dealt with that yep. um, quite extensively. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, know exactly what you're talking about. But moving on from that, um, something that I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Line Islands, Samoa, and Tonga in the Pacific Ocean are the first to experience it, while the American Samoa, Baker Island, and Howard Islands, which is part of the United States Minor Outlying Islands, are among the last to experience it. It is celebrated with dancing, eating, drinking, singing, and lighting fireworks. Mm. Some Christians attend a watch night service. Now, these celebrations typically go through the entirety of the night and well into the next day. There are a number of traditions from all over the world that center specifically around this day, and this is going to be the topic, as you should already know by now, of today's show, uh, also known as St. Sylvester's Day in many countries, and known to some as Old Year's Day in the Gregorian calendar, celebrated on December 31st, is of course New Year's Eve. Now, we are going to be getting into, like I said, you know that we had talked about the New Year's resolution. That is the most popular of New Year's traditions, period. crosses religious barriers. It crosses all kinds of barriers. Everyone does some sort of thing to to do these. Yes, but I was able to track down and compile 35 other New Year's traditions. Now, we're going to get to hopefully 20 of them. During the main portion of today's show. But if for whatever reason we don't, we can't, don't forget, we do have the Patreon side where anything else that is left over that doesn't make it into the normal cut, you can go over and check out all of that stuff over there. Um, But the this one, this number one, uh, beyond the New Year's resolutions, is one that is very, very predominant, mostly in the South, but I have heard of it all over because, you know, people do tend to move from city to city. Um, But that is the tradition of Hoppin' John. And no, it's nothing physical. It's something that you eat. Hoppin' John is a... I know you got it. I know you got it. Black-eyed peas. That is one of them. Not ham bone. It can Uh, be done with ham bone, yes. Just as long as it has that that protein to it. or, Or... God, it, my my it, in-laws do this. They I didn't get to go. Right. But uh they all went they all Madison went and she ate it. She ate uh salmon patty uh instead of what they ate. They ate black eyed peas and Well, and you'll peas. learn that that adding fish or having yeah. fish or a fish dish is is, is one of the other ones. What is it? One of the most popular in the South is having Hoppin' John on New Year's Day itself, but as many Southerners know, when making a good bean dish, you need to start several hours before you plan on eating it. But many believe that anyone who makes this dish of black-eyed peas, pork, and rice on January 1st will experience luck and peace for the rest of the year, and maybe prosperity too. According to History.com, Hoppin' John was and still is often eaten with collard greens, which can resemble paper money, and golden cornbread. The peas themselves represent coins, and some families boost the potential of their Hoppin' John by placing a penny underneath the dishes or adding extra pork, which is thought to bring more luck. Hmm. Now, of course, this isn't the only... Uh, food-related tradition we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Between, of course, the main episode and getting into the extended cut, there are several uh, food-related traditions, including the second one we're going to discuss today, and that is eating round fruits. Okay. So many cultures believe eating round foods on New Year's Eve will lead to prosperity. In in Italy, lentils serve the same function as the black-eyed peas in Hoppin' John, with their round shape representing coins. And in the Philippines, it's customary to eat 12 round fruits, one for every month, to ensure a year of abundance. Now, the fruits usually take center stage at the table for the media noc, or the midnight meal. So yeah, um, oranges, nectarines, 
Blueberries. Blueberries, cherries, anything that is a round fruit would have been consumed. A kiwi, okay. anything like that. Uh, and you eat a different one for each month. And as long as you did the 12, it was believed that you were going to have good wealth and prosperity throughout the entirety of the year. So lots of symbolism between the two. And that's kind of a common theme throughout is just a symbolism of uh, different things. Um, of course, representation of the year coming full circle doesn't get pigeonholed to just edible transitions mm. uh, or traditions. Sorry. Um, circles in clothing is also something that is recognized specifically in the Philippines. They like the round shape or circle shape um, because it is something that has no beginning, no end. It's just yeah. c continual. Um Revelers just don't try to eat circles. Party goers wear them too. Polka dots are all the rage on December 31st, increasing the chances for good luck in the new year. Uh, what was the um, from Suicide Squad? Polka dot man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's all he's all about making sure that the New Year's traditions are are taken care of. Now, of course, clothing is a staple among traditions, including a complete 180 from the usual after Labor Day garment tra tradition with number four on the New Year's Eve tradition list, and that is wearing white. Because usually, you know, you're not supposed That's to wear white after heard. Labor Day. Yeah. But Brazil makes it easier to choose your New Year's Eve outfit because everyone wears white for good luck and peace. Plus, matching outfits, of course, makes for classy-looking photos. <clears throat> um, I don't think I own even a plain white shirt anymore. Like if I'm wearing a, uh, a button-up shirt under a suit, it's some sort of color. Mm. I have one white button-up and one I, white tee. I can't, I can't do it anymore. It either just a plain white tee or a plain, a plain white shirt. I can't do it. Can't do it. Now, if you aren't getting tired of <clears throat> uh, gift exchanges by this point, uh, then you may be interested in knowing who Snegorochka is, uh, as well as her grandfather. <laughs> so, number five on our list, Christmas was forbidden, as you know, in Soviet Russia, so New Year's became the big gift-giving occasion during that time. Presents were delivered not by Santa, but by Ded Moros, or Father Frost, often aided by his granddaughter, Snegorochka. Anyone ready for another round of gift giving? So, almost, I wouldn't say a full-on combination of, of Hanukkah and Christmas with the multiple days. But yeah, um, they decided that they were going to do... The gift giving, the gift exchanging on New Year's as opposed to, and maybe just the thought process of like, well, if we're going to go ahead and give it to them or going to do this as a the beginning of the new year, we're going to make sure that it's stuff that they can use throughout that new year. Which, I mean, it's fairly similar. I mean, I got several gifts that were able to be used throughout the entirety of this next yeah. year. Um, but because the religious implications had been attached to Christmas during that time in Russia. They were just like, nope, not going to do it. So they have Dred or Dead Moros, Father Frost. Just an, it, honestly, just another name for Santa Claus, yeah. St. Nicholas, whatever. Uh, but he also had his uh, granddaughter helping him. And I don't know if I could go around with the name of Snegurochka. I just... I don't know. Um, back to the food-centric traditions. Of course, you mentioned that uh, Maddie had, what was it, the uh, salmon patty? Salmon or patty, yeah. yeah. Um, fish is considered another good New Year's entree since fish only swim in one direction, forward, like the movement of time. So, yeah, uh, doing anything fish or yeah. making some sort of fish dish is another New Year's tradition uh, and the symbolism being of just moving forward. Number seven, eat 12 grapes. Yes, exactly 12. Uh, 12, one, one for each month. 
one at each stroke of midnight to represent each month of the new year, of course. Eating one grape at each of the midnight's 12 o'clock chimes guarantees you a lucky year. Oh and <laughs> if and only if you simultaneously ruminate on their significance, according to the Atlas Obscura, if you fail to cons conscientiously finish your grapes by the time the clock stops chiming, you'll face misfortune in the new year. So, you have to eat an entire grape per dong, dong, Jeez. dong. And you have to be finished with them by the time that the bells stop chiming. You could choke. You could. And maybe that was what they were thinking about. Like, if someone did wind up choking, oh, they weren't going to be having good luck that year. I, I, uh, some of these, man, like I can get behind, but some of these like this one, I don't know. Um, but, and that's on the more common ones. We're now getting ready to get into the less common and quite frankly, kind of weird New Year's transition or er, traditions. Um, this one is going to be reminiscent of one of the, uh, bit of a back to future, back to the future dialogue. I was standing there on my toilet. Hanging a clock. Okay. Yes, jumping into the new year. In Denmark, people stand on their chairs and leap into January at midnight to bring good luck and banish bad spirits. Just make sure to look before you leap so you don't end up breaking the chair or starting 2024 20, off with any kind of broken bones, bruises, or anything like that. So, could you imagine walking into someone's house... It's ten, nine, eight, seven. The and they're getting on the chairs and everybody's getting ready to jump off their chairs. I don't know, man. It just... Uh, some of these, like I say, they just kind of... It, it's weird. It's weird. Just because I've never heard of anything like that before as far as a New Year's tradition. The only thing I ever knew of, honestly, was Hoppin' John and New Year's Resolutions. Or it just eating black-eyed peas. It didn't necessarily yeah. have to be Hoppin' John. Just eating black-eyed peas. Because it represented money. Um, of course, this is going to come from Germany and Austria. But buying a new lucky charm is tradition in those two countries. Um, there are a few different lucky symbols that you can gift to friends and family to bring them good fortune. These include pigs, mushrooms, clovers, and chimney sweeps. You can buy little tokens of these Lucky Charms at a Christmas market or get edible ones made out of marzipan. Now, when you're sweet, you're in good company. Right, looking more into this, there's actually groups of people who will go out and buy new Lucky Rabbit's feet mm -hmm. every year to be able to make sure that they have that foot for the year. And that's something else that I've always kind of wondered. How do they massively get rabbit's feet to make lucky rabbit's feet keychains for you to be able to buy in a convenience store? Like, I mean... I don't think they're all rabbit's feet. Uh, I think they've gotten to the point where, like, there's cork inside. Or oh, well, no, it's not going to have bones or anything like that anyway. I mean, it's more listed as what would be like a, uh, a taxidermy item, which is going to have foam on the inset anyway. Um, but even so, even just to get the fur exterior or whenever they were originally being made, like what what was happening? Because I know that I know what happens to cows. I know what happens to pigs. I know what happens to goats for that matter. Whenever it comes to, you know, lamb, sheep, whatever, in terms of that. But I even know what happens whenever a horse goes to a processing plant. But what the heck is happening to a rabbit? Like, where is it going? What is, is, is it just fur harvest? And if that's the case, then the waste of rabbit. meat. Huh? Some people eat rabbit. Oh, I love rabbit. Rabbit's fantastic. But as far as like in a mass-produced scenario to where you're getting millions of, of lucky rabbit's feet to be able to, to sell to someone as a, a lucky charm. Mm, I don't know. That just, 
I don't know why I didn't think about that before recording the episode while I was compiling this information, but it just, I don't know. That just kind of hit me weird. Like, like, all right. I, I know that you can get these different things. You can buy these different things from, yeah. you know, what different retailers or whatnot, but like, where does it come from? I know whenever I go to the grocery store and I want to grab a steak, I know exactly where it came from. Mm. I know a lucky rabbit, so it's going to come from a rabbit, but like I say, where'd the rest of it go? Maybe that is the weird meat in some restaurants. Spam? Yeah. Stuff posing Maybe as it's meat. Maybe spam. I don't know, because that's usually pork, yeah? Yeah. A little pork and rabbit? Yeah. Spam. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, I'm actually kind of really interested in this next one. Because it does give you an opportunity to make up for a late arrival Christmas gift. So say that you wound up ordering something. Mail system um, gets busy like it does during the holiday season. You ordered it a little too late. You want to be able to make sure that person still gets that gift, but you want to do it in a surprising way. <clears throat> well, you can take a note from the folks in Greece who like to do a sort of hide a surprise, which their New Year's dessert isn't just a treat, it's a game of chance. Guests eat valisopita or a cake or a sweetbread that has a coin baked into it. Whoever finds the coin will have good luck for the next year. In Scandinavian countries, they do something similar with rice pudding served either at New Year's or on Christmas. One portion will have a peeled almond in it, and whoever finds it in their bowl is assured of luck in the new year and might even win a prize. So not necessarily a gathering of people, but if you wanted to, you could uh, have, say, a a pendant or a charm or something like that and you could easily hide it like uh, some guys do the um, engagements oh the engagement ring was hidden in the dessert or something along those lines it also sounds like an old French tradition that carried over to uh, New Orleans with uh, uh, king cake yeah the king cake with the baby in it the baby yeah yeah it sounds very similar to that I wonder if it's just like, a, okay, we do this here, and then down the road they're like, we could also do it in February. That's true. And do a baby instead. Um, I was going to say, we're not that far away from no. Mardi Gras coming no. about. So um, some other odd New Year's traditions coming in at number 11 include smashing the peppermint pig. No, this is not a euphemism for a lewd act. Um, in upstate New York, they sell special peppermint pigs all throughout the holiday season. Everyone gets to take a turn hitting it with a special candy-sized hammer and eating a piece for good fortune in the coming year. The peppermint, however, is very strong, so only take a small piece. But at least, hey, you'll be at least guaranteed fresh breath for the new year. Mm. But I looked at these, and they are like the weirdest color pink because it's the combination of the white and red like peppermint or whatever, but it's about the size of what would be a, a small piggy bank. Okay. And it is just a sugar pig, a hardened sugar pig that has peppermint oil put to it. And people, like I said, just almost pinata style, take a turn with a little hammer, probably about three or four inches long and just smacking this pig and taking chunks of the peppermint. But according to this, they put so much of the peppermint oil or extract into it that it, it, it can be overpowering. Like uh, Altoids times 10 take your breath away sort of thing. So definitely be careful if you intend on uh, partaking in the New Year's tradition known as smashing the peppermint pig. <laughs> You're walking, walking down the street and you see these people gathered around this little candied pig and they're just like chiseling away at it right what are y'all doing we're smashing the peppermint pig Mm. you want to try okay as you were now possibly even more odd would be number 12 choosing the right underwear it's important it is uh certain countries especially in latin america believe that the color of your underwear can bring you good things in the next 12 months 
Yellow is for luck, red is for love, and white undies bring peace. And for heaven's sake, make sure they're clean and free of holes. What about the brown ones? <laughs> this guy knows what's up. He wore the brown, brown pants, pants today. Jeez. Uh, well, if I mean, if you do wind up wearing them, you can pretty much be, I guess, guaranteed on having a pretty crappy year. <clears throat> but yeah, choosing the right underwear in Latin America. Um, coming up on this next one, number 13, last food-related one, I promise. But that one is going to be called Breaking Fruit. No, this is not Fruit Ninja. In Turkey, pomegranates are symbols of abundance. Eating them is great, but if you really want a good 2024, you'll smash the fruit on your doorstep. The more pieces there are and the farther they spread, the more prosperous you'll be. And for a little extra luck, try sprinkling salt in front of your door to bring peace. Sammy, get, get the, the salt. salt. <laughs> and, and smash a pomegranate on your steps. So, just taking a pomegranate and just yeet down onto your, onto your doorstep. And if you get stuff that, you know, your, your splash zone, your blast radius, you know, depending on how far out that goes will determine what your, your beneficials are going to be for the year. And, of course, like I said, salt being used in so many traditions. That's oh, one that yeah, we're going to have to do really just on its tradition. own. Salt. Just, well, we're going to have to do an episode just on salt. Yeah. Like, in terms of food, religious implications paranormal implications traditions uh um uh superstitions watermelon like <laughs> absolutely i'm a firm believer in salt going on watermelon Hell yeah um but yeah uh we'll have to definitely do an episode that's all centered around the legend of salt salt um number 14 and this one actually is not that far-fetched um, but it's kind of observed differently in different countries, different nationalities, and often used in a uh, um, funeral sense. But that is called sending a wish down the river. Singapore. Like the river sticks? Not entirely. Oh. Uh, Singapore decorates its Singapore River with wishing spheres oh. containing the hopes and dreams of New Year revelers. In the past, tens of thousands of spheres have floated down the river, making quite a beautiful sight. Singapore decorates its Singapore River with the wishing spheres containing the hopes and dreams of New Year's revelers. Does that not sound like something Tangled. that you've seen? Huh? Entangled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they sent the... Uh, but, yeah, also... Uh, oh Lord, they do it in parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Tangled, Mulan. Um, but it's there's done types of this tradition at different yeah, times of sending many the, cultures the the lantern the yeah. light either whether it floats up Generals. or goes down the river for a funeral yeah. or whatever the case may be wow and yeah this is where one of those comes from i think it would be cool to try to see if we could gather that and do it next year down the pigeon if we, if we were could get the community involved if we were to do that we would the best thing that i think that we could do is set it to where the launch point is up here behind um, uh, Kroger yeah. and stuff like that because up there is where, or basically the fairgrounds. Yeah. And then it end either on the other side or right here at uh, Wilderness Bridge just because that gives you enough space and you don't have any forks at that point. Mm -hmm. Everything's all going to go one place and then it'll make for easy cleanup especially if you've stretched some kind of netting cool. across maybe something we can look into yeah. for this next year and try to see uh Other businesses and locals trying to get involved yeah what needs to to go into it and see if we could do a yeah. a severeville or severe county yeah community uh, community sending wishes down yeah. the river that'd be cool yeah now <clears throat> the next one is a v another long-standing tradition, um, but of course not as long as the, the New Year's resolution yep. itself. Um, but this tradition itself is about to hit its 123rd year of being an annual sight to behold as thousands of people gather together around bodies of frigid water across the globe to see what it's like to be one of nature's largest and strongest predators in a tradition known as 
The Polar Bear Plunge. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. Since the early 1900s, it's been a tradition to start off January 1st by submerging in freezing cold water, a ritual known as the polar bear plunge. Often, participants with a high tolerance for the cold use the chili dip as an opportunity to raise money for local nonprofits so that all of that teeth chattering goes for a good cause. That's something else that... I like the thought of, but I personally would not participate. Um, I really don't do cold really? all that well in any capacity. Um, I would prefer to have a hot summer day. <laughs> Just I, I can jump off into a body of water and cool off in that capacity. Yeah. But to to try to get into the water. I have done this here in the area, like up at the swimming area. Yeah. I have actually been in that water up there in like February out on Douglas. Oh, it is it is frigid. And these people are doing this in like Alaska and Oof. places like that to where it's it's you're surrounded by ice. Like up here at least I got dry land to be able to go into and I've got a bathhouse another, you know, fifty yards up the hill. Yeah be able to go up there and turn on some hot water and warm back up. Oof. These people are just bloop. No thanks. No thanks. Now, for whatever reason, you find yourself in a situation to where everything has kind of been good for you and you, you, you don't want to, like, ask for anything or make any sort of, you know, resolution, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um... You could always save a wish for next year, which is coming in at our number 16 tradition. Instead of burning your wishes, ask your guests to write down a resolution, goal, wish, or note to their future selves. Put it in a jar, then save it for the year. On the next New Year's Eve, retrieve the jar and read the notes to see how far everyone has progressed. Almost like a time capsule. A a one-year time capsule. That actually might be something cool that we could do here at the distillery is to... Everybody write down a goal that they want for themselves here within the distillery to have accomplished by the end of the year. And we're going to put them all in this jar. We're going to seal it off, put it away. And whenever the year is up, we'll pull those back out and see who's come the closest. That'd be cool. Yeah, actually would be really cool. And now for the last few, we're of course going to be talking about some of the other more common traditions. Um, one of the biggest ones, other than, of course, the New Year's uh, resolution, is singing Auld Lang Syne. Um, I, I cannot even begin to tell you the words to this song. Uh, I know I can hum to it, but that's Should about it. all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to life? Uh, see? We'll take a cup of kindness yet for Auld Lang Syne. Like I say, I I can I can hum along to it. I can oh na 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 yeah turn into Peter Griffin. Take a cup of kindness, yeah. We had to do it. We had to do it. Uh, it's the last thing that's sung, uh, on the stage version of It's a Wonderful Life. Kind of like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I had to learn it. And I, I didn't know there were words to it until then. Right. I was... Oh, like, oh, there's words? 20, 19 years old when I learned that Auld Lang Syne actually had words. Now, the song is often credited to Scottish poet Robert Burns, who sent it to the Scots Musical Museum in 1788. But the writer himself admits that he didn't write the lyrics... He was just the first to transcribe an old folk song. If you really want to impress the other members of your party, learn all the other verses. There's ten in total. That's almost like uh, Good King Wenceslas. Yeah. <clears throat> now, one of the probably more favored ones, even though they're not necessarily the most popular, but the more favored, is smooching a loved one. Yes. You've probably heard of this one before, of course. When the clock strikes midnight, you're supposed to kiss someone you love. It's just not about stealing a smooch, either. According to the Washington Post, the tradition comes from English and German folklore, which believe that it's the first person with whom a person came in contact that dictated the year's destiny. 
So choose your partner wisely. <laughs> Could you imagine if that really were the case? Like, if if the person you wound up kissing, whatever their personality, whatever their blah is, that's how your year was going to go. Yeesh. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I could get into that one. I like the, the you know, giving the New Year's kiss and stuff like that, but beyond that, no. Now, whether it's a beat or a ball, there's almost nothing more traditional at New Year's than a drop. Of course, we're talking about the ball drop. Mm-hmm. Gatlinburger, New York, Columbia, or California, there aren't too many places you can't go that doesn't celebrate the New Year without some kind of drop. Of course, the most popular of all being New Year's or New York's encompasses so much that it really deserves, mm. you know. God, I could not do that. Its own episode, but yeah. Um, we did the year before COVID. We were at the 2019 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and that was crazy. So I absolutely could not because. I, I, we had a friend who did it last year and she was in her spot at 12.30 in the afternoon and did not leave. Like, you don't go to the bathroom. You don't go get something to eat because you lose your spot at New York New Year's Eve. Oh, God, I could only imagine. It's insane that people wear diapers. I wouldn't want then, to be in the middle of that. No, no. I mean, that's got to be like... Okay, great. Yeah, it's an awesome thing to be there during that. But if you're having to be there uh, the first thing in the morning. Standing. Or even the night before, just standing, wearing a freaking diaper. I mean, imagine if you were just a bystander that's coming up to that person. The, the smell on these people probably terrible. Yeah. Or that's why people get wasted. Right, that way they don't have to, to deal with it or think about it. Um and then also just the, the celebrities that would be mm-hmm. doing their performing around these people. Like somebody's up there on the stage and be like, these people stink. Smell like boo-boo. This, no, no. I would not want to be a no. part of that. So yeah, this has been uh, some of the more common New Year's traditions. Um, while some have been odd, these are ones that have been more or less... I don't want to say universally observed or, or yeah. accepted, but a little these more are commercial than than some, than some of the other ones that we're going to get into on the Patreon, uh, Patreon yeah. side. Uh, but yeah, awesome. um, th- those have been some common and not so common New Year's traditions from around the world, of course, including the most popular one being the New Year's resolution uh, and ending with probably the second most noticed uh, mm. behind the New Year's kiss and that mm. being the ball drop. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to these, the originally scheduled episode and the ones that we have went through. Now, if you are not a Patreon member, we are continuing on after this, finishing out the list of New Year's traditions. And you can become a Patreon member for as low as a cup of coffee a month, and you will get not just this, but all the backlog of Studio 66 Patreon content, bloopers, deleted scenes, 30 and 30 podcasts, cocky top, between two barrels, uh, cut scenes, extended episodes, behind the scenes pictures and information, all that fun stuff for as little as a cup of coffee a month. So if you want to continue the fun with us on Patreon, go ahead and become a member today at patreon.com slash studio 66. We're going to end it here. Thank you for tuning in. Stay kind to yourselves. Stay kind to others. And as always, cheers to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. 
And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.